0: Hello, welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's my great pleasure welcome to welcome today's program, Ken Wood, who's EVP of Product Management at uh, Descartes System Group. And today we're going to talk about the final mile in food logistics. So, food—it's a—it's a basic necessity. You know, whether you're uh, consuming it at a restaurant, buying it at a grocery store, or you know, getting it at a food bank. Uh, The logistics behind the food industry is is critical. It's arguably more critical than than ever. And as with all industries, the COVID-19 pandemic has impacted the food industry, causing both challenges as well as as opportunities. So what changes is the the industry facing today? And how are companies innovating their food logistics processes? And how is technology helping? Well, those are the main questions we're going to address in today's episode. And it's great to have Ken on the program to Share his insights and advice on this topic. So, Ken, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you, Adrian. It's good to uh, good to see you again. I uh, appreciate you having uh, having me on to talk about uh, final model and food logistics.
0: Absolutely. Well, Ken, you and I have known each other for uh, you know for a long time. And in fact, you know, in preparation for today's episode, we were kind of reminiscing a little bit about uh, you were one of the original members of my logistics leaders for Type One Diabetes Cure Cycling Team uh, back way right back in 2016 in and Death Valley. But surprisingly, you're a first time guest on, on Talking Logistics. So, right. um, just to, you know, like I always like to do when people come on the program for the first time and just for the benefit of our audience, I, I'm always curious how people get involved in the industry. And, um, you know, so maybe as, you know, you can briefly tell us a little bit about your um, uh, your career path, how and why you got involved with supply chain logistics, and what your current role and responsibilities are there at Descartes.
1: It was, all, uh, it was all very strategic and uh, pre-planned to, uh, to arrive in the chair today. I, I, uh, I got hired into a job way back in the day by a professor I had at Georgia Tech, uh, who, as so many, had the uh, technology business outside of the professorial uh, gig um, and really didn't know what I was getting into. But it was about operations research and, uh, you know, a lot of early supply chain technology uh, at the time, and, you know, we were doing things like uh, the, some of the early uh, routing and scheduling platforms that were desktop uh, based, uh, you know, moving from DOS to Windows way back in the day. And some of the early uh, supply chain network uh, design technology that was in the market and that evolved uh, over time uh, from, you know, being in uh, consulting and uh, 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 development roles and things like that over time in, in various uh, organizations into, Joining Descartes back in the early 2000s, and uh, you know, working my way through to uh, again, you know, R and D and other positions into product management. Now, um, where uh, we are responsible for working, worrying about the the roadmap and the, the you know the product strategy, and working with uh, both customers and the internal stakeholders on uh, trying to read market tea leaves and respond to customer demands to uh, figure out what we're going to build and when we're going to build it.
0: Great, well. You know, certainly, uh, you know, a lot has changed uh, since you got started in the industry back in those days, uh, coming out of Georgia Tech. And um, a lot has changed, not only on the technology side of things, which you've got a strong pulse on, but obviously on, you know, what's happening with business processes and and just the, the, the broader market in, in, in general. And again, food logistics is one of those areas where, you know, certainly has seen a, a lot of change. Now, uh, m- maybe as a way to get started, I mean, food logistics is, a you know, kind of a very broad, you know, term. I mean, what are some of the different categories or industries that fall under that umbrella term?
1: Yeah, if you were to, you know, speaking from uh, you know our our direct experience and my experience uh, historically, you you see different kinds of customers, uh, businesses in our case that we work with, that cover things like uh, broadline food supply, where you're going to institutions, right? It could be care homes, it could be schools, it could be other types of institutional settings where you're delivering, uh, you know, a, a broad array of food products and ancillary products that go along with food uh, food preparation um, into those institutional supplies or restaurants, right? Restaurant supply would be uh, usually a similar type of business or a division of a similar type of business for our uh, customers. And, you know, if you think about what that means um, for those businesses uh, historically, and we'll talk about how things are potentially changing a little bit, but what that's mean for those types of businesses, as uh, you know, patterns and predictability of order fulfillment is, has historically been very important for those businesses, right? Line them, line up the deliveries in the plan, and uh, you know, depending on the scale of their demand and the kind of things that they're ordering, maybe they need to be visited, you know, once, twice, three times a week, every other week, that kind of a, a pattern. Um, another uh, example would be uh, um, grocery supply and grocery wholesale, right? Completely different completely uh, different business. Uh, you're, you're dealing with uh, large quantities to uh, you know a, a store or two being delivered in, in many cases right and there's some exceptions to that but uh, generally you're dealing with uh, you know uh, truckloads that are going into a, a handful of uh, locations with a, a reduced set of commodities. Uh, and then you see retail snack and beverage. Right. Uh, and in some cases, those could be driver merchandised, uh, independent merchandiser attended. Right. So or it could be store shelf stock where you're delivering to just the, the back room, uh, so to speak. But, uh, you know, again, a completely uh, different type of business, usually a, a very narrow range of uh, commodities compared to grocery or, or restaurant uh, broadline line institutional um, supply. Um, and uh, you know, in some cases, you're delivering to um, you know, gas stations, convenience stores. Some of them could be uh, a t- uh, delivering uh, a supplemental product if they're in uh, beer and certain beverages beyond what the broadline folks might be delivering into restaurant. And then there's uh, you know this new phenomenon of uh, e-commerce uh, oriented uh, B two C. Food or you know food like product deliveries, convenience store deliveries, and uh, you know, prepared meal deliveries, and things like that.
0: Yeah, so I mean, I think you you know certainly, like I said, you know, a very broad range of of uh, uh, of industries, and you know, when you get down to the specifics of of the logistics behind those, very different, you know, constraints and and customer service requirements and and distribution models and and, and so forth. Um, and obviously they've all been impacted, you know, uh, in, in some ways over the past, you know, 20 months. Uh, so how, how specifically, I mean, has the, the COVID-19 pandemic and kind of all of the ripple effects over the past 20 months impacted your customers in the food industry?
1: Well, our, you know, it's been an unfolding story, um, you know, as we've entered different phases of uh, the, the response to COVID-19 uh, and covid um, you know the, the the varying waves of uh, lockdowns and and things like that uh, geographically i think you know in the early days particularly for the uh, restaurant supply uh, oriented businesses if they you know it was looking at like an immediate collapse right uh, restaurants were closed right and they're scrambling to try and figure out what are we going to do um, in order to uh, you know stay in <laughs> stay in business in some cases and you know keep uh, keep uh, you know there's they have a lot of product in warehouses and in freezers. Uh, at the same time, you had the phenomenon where the spike, uh, the shutdown in restaurant and dine out, caused a spike in grocery. Right, And you, you recall uh, the time frame where we were talking about uh, the first wave of shelves being empty in grocery stores for uh, high demand uh, commodities and there was a lot of discussion with our customers around uh, their ability to shift certain commodities into um, grocery supply and away from um, restaurant supply and you know and supplement to the institution and that started I, I would say a, a little bit of a, a chain reaction. From a technology standpoint, because businesses that had been so oriented around those recurring patterns of stable business that I was talking about earlier are all of a sudden thinking more like a, uh, a business that requires dynamic routing and dynamic delivery planning to visit people uh, that they haven't visited before and may not visit again um, in some of these scenarios for, you know, on an, you know, an order basis instead of a delivery pattern basis.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I think you know, you know, it was it was feast or famine, right? And I think you know, you know, uh, you know there were, um, and in both cases, presented its own challenges, right? One was about survival, and one was about you know how we how we going to manage this you know spike in demand, you know, as efficiently as possible.
1: It was uh, you know, and it was it was I'd say uh, it was a, like so many other things related to e-commerce. It was a bit of a catalyst moment um, for fence sitters and experimenters, um, for home delivery, um, of, uh, groceries to really ramp up their marketing and, uh, commit level of commitment efforts to partner with, uh, you know, if they need the technology to get that technology, if they needed actual delivery partners in the, you know, in the industry, the. The, you know, the, the the usual names that are already out there delivering uh grocery or food to homes to really um you know solidify their plans to supplement fleet operations or other things with those kinds of third party um third party providers and I, I'd say our most um kind our, of our, our most recent observation around this is as things have come back, you know, and we're dealing with the other thing we all read about is you know shortages of human capital. Mm-hmm. Um, in logistics and this is affecting you know food uh, final mile business as well where uh, there's a lot of emphasis now on driver attraction and retention and for our business we aren't necessarily at the forefront of issues associated with uh, driver retention but certainly you want your technology to be something that makes the drivers uh, life easier and facilitates the the quality of their in-cab experience, uh, and not be detrimental to it as a part of, uh, you know, um, attracting and retaining, uh, drivers in the, in the marketplace. There's a, that's a, a big area of focus out there right now for customers.
0: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely can't, can't lose sight of the fact that the, you know, uh, drivers and the, you know, people remain a, a critical piece of this whole, uh, this whole puzzle here. So, so in light of everything you just talked about, I mean, I, I mean, has this led to business model changes in food distribution? Yeah, in in some, I mean,
1: to to a certain uh, extent, I don't think we'll ever go back exactly to the way things were um, before. Even as you know, restaurants start to open up and businesses uh, stabilize uh, a, a little bit. I'll, you know, although I, I think you know the whole supply chain kind of whiplash that's taken place and some of the supply issues and. Labor things we're talking about it. It's not back to exact normal, um, but a lot of, of uh, you know businesses have been uh, recovering just from an absolute volume standpoint um, in in the space where they had a, a downturn. Others are still rocketing if they're in some of those other segments that that we were talking about. But uh, I'd say all in all, it's kind of changed the focus across the board to say, well, maybe there are more opportunities for us for uh, for us to be more dynamic than we were. Uh, before, right? And have more delivery models So, for some time, you know, in the we've, we've had uh, appointment based uh, reservations type of solutions for B2C e commerce delivery, and in certain cases, B2B ad hoc deliveries, and starting to supplement or replace certain of those scheduled delivery plans uh, oriented routes. With the ability to do more ad hoc on demand work, provide more flexibility to the customer, maybe um, you know take it more advantage of the uh, the days or weeks order scenario with the uh, the assets that are on hand instead of strictly working against a fixed delivery plan or all things that have been uh, been uh, you know discussed and implemented in some cases with customers in the, in the final logistics space. And the other thing that I would say is, as we have uh, um, you know seen there's capacity problems uh, all over the supply chain, right? That, that uh, accounts for over the road uh, freight and on the inbound side of uh, certain food businesses, the, the desire to uh, look at the assets that are in place for outbound deliveries, if they're the right kind of asset, obviously you're not going to do this with a you know a B2 C delivery asset. but when you have that B 2 B, Delivery asset to take a closer look at what are my opportunities to uh, capture some of that inbound freight on trucks that I have instead of struggling to find capacity and maybe paying uh, extremely high over the road rates.
0: Yeah, no, nah, you know that that that's a great point. I mean, I think you know one of the. Uh, uh, I think one of the, the things that has been a constant in transportation historically has been there's a lot of waste and inefficiency, yeah. <laughs> you know, overall and underutilization of, of assets is, is one of those things. Uh, so to your point, I mean, I think, the, you know, the ability to, um, you know, look at, uh, you know, opportunities to leverage the existing assets that you have more effectively, I think, is is uh, is important. And I think that's, you know, that can be viewed as one type of innovation, if, if you will. I mean, well, what other types of innovation are happening in, in food logistics, that, that you see.
1: Well, you know, one of the things, that, and these this follows some other uh, industry uh, trends, but you know, the conversion from on-premise and desktop-oriented systems has been proceeding apace into the cloud, right? SaaS uh, solutions as a part of this, evaluating how do I get more dynamic. That impacts a lot of a lot of things. It impacts what the driver has. In their hands, from a solution standpoint, it impacts how the routes get uh, constructed and the, the dispatching processes happen, and it in particular, impacts the kind of communications that you need to provide and the transparency and visibility to the customer, right? So, if they, if you're going to move from a model where you're there every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Uh, roughly, to a model where you know we'll we'll schedule it on a uh, an as-needed uh, basis then you need to, the onus increases to provide that visibility to the customer on how you're doing, what the expectations are, providing ETA updates. Um, You know, as the businesses have become more dynamic, some of the things that have been, uh, I think, uh, rising to the fore here as well is, um, you know, our solutions like uh, machine learning technologies, right? So that you can um, crunch the numbers uh, more systematically and more effectively related to how you're performing on transit times and 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 in service times and understanding your your labor, your you uh, you're accommodating things that in the past you might be looking to make adjustments on from a labor and productivity standpoint, right? So you have to adjust your plans to um, uh, deal with the. The, the variances and uh, how uh, you know how different elements of your delivery operation perform, and uh, AI and machine learning is one way of collecting all these inputs in a pretty efficient way, actually, and crunching those numbers down so that you can spin them back into the plan, and have the uh, plan adapt to reality, and and uh, maybe a little less of reality adapting to the plan.
0: Yeah, a couple of great points. There. I mean, I mean, we, we often think about, and I know, you know, when I think about last mile, final mile, when I think about, um, you know, uh, you know, there's the optimization piece, right. And, and that's, that's a critical component to doing this more efficiently, particularly as you're getting more into a more dynamic, you know, type of environment. Um, but you you brought up the, the piece about visibility and, and data uh, and being able to, from a customer standpoint, provide them with that visibility and things like ETAs and, and, uh, um, you know, updates and, and so forth. And so that's, a, that, you know, the marriage of those two things, kind of the visibility with the optimization is something that's been happening for some time, but I think it's become, you know, almost a, it's a must have for those two things to go together, right?
1: It is, and most businesses, I think most businesses are trying to increase their level of digital engagement with customers right? Even traditional businesses, right? They want to increase their level of digital engagement with their customers. And a part of that in final mile logistics is providing that customer complete transparency on what they ordered, when they expect it to be there, how we're doing, in some cases, the ability to adjust those orders before uh, the truck even arrives. And you know, part of that is not in the realm of the uh, delivery solution per se, but the combination of the delivery solution and other Order management uh, so, uh, solutions, and and another element of this that I think is is really um, there's some innovations that have taken place around it, and there's I think growing interest is you know it's a team sport um, when you're dealing with customers and customer support and uh, the sales team like all these businesses you know it was on the account owners and historically there's always been a lot of friction between sales and logistics right and uh, you know there's been some uh, innovations in the market to provide uh, more tools to allow them to stay on the same page between sales merchandising logistics the support team and the customer so they're all looking at uh, you know information that comes from the same freshly updated sources based on uh, road truth so to speak
0: yeah, no, great. I mean, I think you're you're right. I mean, the the collaboration, uh, the communication, collaboration between all those different stakeholders internally and linking it to the customer is uh, you know certainly uh, I- important. Um, you, you know, so Ken, as you're, you know, wrapping up here, uh, um, you know, what's what's next in in food logistics? I mean, what's going to enable the next wave of of business benefits in the industry?
1: Well, I, I think we're still relatively early on the things that some of the things that I was mentioning. Um, you know, a a moment ago on the move to more dynamic uh, and um, customer-centric delivery um, choices, right? I think there's some room to to run in this space. I think there's still room to run around uh, some of the machine learning technologies and the analytics and uh, uh, further um, automating some of the, you know, a lot of this is in the realm of gathering the data, crunching it, and then a human still in the loop to make those uh, analysis and choices. And, you know, I think uh, the industry, all of us, the, the, the buyers, as well as the technology providers, we got a, a little ways to go to get comfortable around letting the machine handle more and more of the application of some of those learnings in certain cases, right? Because you got to be careful, garbage in, garbage out to uh, machine learning models as well. Right, so you've got to uh, you got to you got to gain some uh, some trust and track record there, and it, it's uh, it's a, it's actually going uh, quite well, I'd say, from from our perspective. But it's going to be something that unfolds over time um, there, and and you know that hybrid delivery model that uh, we talked about a, a little bit earlier on, you know, allowing some choices between fixed and scheduled deliveries and things like that is uh, going to continue to unfold and i, I would say the last uh, maybe the last thing where i see that there's going to be i think a, a good bit of innovation uh, to come is particularly on the b2c side of uh, food uh, logistics and and final mile i think you're going to see some more growth in the platforms that kind of embrace the um, third party delivery providers into the overall planning and visibility funnel right there's still some there's still some air gaps there that uh, probably need to get uh, cleared out in the, in the, in the technology uh, chain of technology that exists in putting those things together.
0: Well, I mean, you know, kind of my key takeaways are, you know, it's become much more dynamic, right? So the need to have, you know, align the technology to enable this more dynamic environment, the people, the processes really aligning along the same lines as well. I think it's becoming, you know, an, an important, And I, and there's still room to grow and room to innovate, you know, in this industry. And I'm sure we're, we're, we'll see that in the months and and, and years ahead. And, you know, that might be a good excuse to get you back in the program, Ken, maybe a year from now, or if not sooner to kind of see the the progress that the industry has made in this, in these areas. Uh,
1: Always ready to take your invite, uh, Adrian.
0: Great. Well, uh, Ken, uh, you know, as always, thank you very much for uh, making the time to be with us and, and sharing uh, you know, some great insights and, and advice on this topic. All
1: right. Talk to you soon. Take great. I want, to thank,
0: I want to thank those of you that joined us. Uh, if you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Descartes website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Ken, uh, you can post it there. And I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank yep. you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great sure.
1: day.